0: Book Three, Chapter One of Toussaint L'Ouverture, A Biography and Autobiography. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. Toussaint L'Ouverture, A Biography and Autobiography by John Relly Baird. Book Three from the ravages of the yellow fever in haiti until the deportation and death of its liberator chapter i leclerc's uneasy position in san domingo from insufficiency of food from the existence in his army of large bodies of blacks and especially from a most destructive fever ere long the natural consequences of the ravages which had been carried over the country and of the abstraction from agriculture of a large portion of the population were felt in scarcity of provisions the rather that san domingo did not abound in articles of human food of a superior kind this scarcity was augmented by the necessity of supporting out of the public magazines a large number of soldiers for though the european part of the army was much reduced a large number of blacks and men of color had been thrown on the government stores shortness of food and the high prices which ensue are especially trying to a government of force complaints began to spread among the native population and not without difficulty were the servants of the state supplied with the necessaries of life application for aid was made to the governors of foreign possessions in the neighborhood the spaniards furnished supplies with chivalrous generosity but those supplies were very far from being sufficient the english who had not anticipated the success of the french arms and saw that success with uneasiness refused to give succour from americans a similar answer was received the conduct of their agents disclosed the regret which their governments felt in not finding at san domingo under the french sway the commercial advantages which they enjoyed while it was ruled by toussaint l'ouverture the state of the island combined with the native politeness of the french character caused attentions to be paid to foreign ships and visitors which were interpreted into tokens of a sense of civil and political weakness this adverse impression found its way into the minds of the blacks so that the spirit of the colonial army became increasingly difficult to manage thus what at first was the captain-general's power proved a source of weakness and embarrassment to provide a remedy he attempted to incorporate the colonial troops with the reinforcements that came from france but the prejudices of europeans rendered the plan all but nugatory yet if it was dangerous to have entire large bodies of blacks it was not less dangerous to discharge and dismiss them at once Leclerc had no resource but time and sought to govern by dividing accordingly he took care to employ black soldiers only in small detachments and regarded even desertion with satisfaction he could not however feel at ease unless he knew that the blacks were resuming their agricultural labors and though in sending them back to the plantations he received assistance from some of their chiefs he was made sensible of the want of such an influence as that which Toussaint L'Overture had exerted before the war, and effected his purpose only on a limited scale. These difficulties, however, though in themselves not small, were inconsiderable compared with those which sprang from a terrible malady with which the island, and especially its European inhabitants, was now visited. The yellow fever, which had already proved destructive, broke out with great violence at the same time at port-au-prince and at the cape it appeared there in a form unusually repulsive and deadly it seized persons who were in good health without any premonition sometimes death was the immediate consequence happy those who were immediately carried off ordinarily it was slow in its progress as well as frightful in its inflictions the disorder began in the brain by an oppressive pain accompanied or followed by fever the patient was devoured with burning thirst the stomach distracted by pains in vain sought relief by efforts to disburden itself fiery veins streaked the eye the face was inflamed and dyed of a dark dull red color the ears from time to time rang painfully now mucus secretions surcharged the tongue and took away the power of speech Now the sick man spoke, but, in speaking, had a foresight of death. When the violence of the disorder approached the heart, the gums were blackened. The sleep, broken or troubled by convulsions or by frightful visions, was worse than the waking hours, and, when the reason sank under the delirium which had its seat in the brain, repose utterly forsook the patient's couch. The progress of the fire within was marked by yellowish spots, which, "'spread over the surface of the body. "'If then a happy crisis came not, all hope was gone. "'Soon the breath infected the air with a fetid odour, "'the lips glazed, despair painted itself in the eyes, "'and sobs, with long intervals of silence, "'formed the only language. "'From each side of the mouth spread foam, "'tinged with black and burnt blood. "'Blue streaks mingled with the yellow over all the frame death came on the thirteenth day though more commonly it tarried till the seventeenth all remedies were useless rarely did the victims escape the malady produced a general melancholy its depressing effects were visible in the troops who had not yet been stricken with the fever you saw the men regard each other with furtive glances and in deep yet ominous silence their arms looked tarnished their steps were heavy and slow unconquerable in the field they already felt themselves the victims of destiny when undergoing review the men scarcely expecting to see each other again affected a foolish gaiety the real character of which was betrayed by a bitter smile or took leave of each other sadly as pilgrims through suffering to the dark shores of the eternal world the city of the cape then presented one of those sights which are rare in the history of human calamities scarcely had a part of the buildings destroyed by the conflagration been hastily reconstructed when the town and the hospitals were filled with the sick and the dying the chief hospital situated on a height which overhangs the city having been burnt down consisted now only of large sheds covered with sugar-canes therein the patients were for the most part laid in straw unprovided with necessary appliances exposed now to the fury of storms now to torrents of rain and now to the burning rays of the sun those remaining in the city were better protected and cared for but breathing an impurer air and deprived of breezes by the mountains they suffered scarcely less and died as certainly military discipline disappeared the common soldier had the same authority as the general and each general acknowledged no authority except his own men spoke no more of combats of exploits of glory the heart of the soldier sank within him even the funeral knell ceased its mournful sounds the common calamity crushed the sense of religious observance in the midst of disorder and confusion death heaped victims on victims friend followed friend in quick succession the sick were avoided from the fear of contagion and for the same reason the dead were left without burial despair alone remained inactivity fierce despair for the dying man could cast his eye on neither friend nor nurse and had to suffer and expire in terrific solitude or more terrific companionship the country the mountains the sea afforded no place of refuge the troops that were removed to a distance from the towns were not the less attacked their camp was transformed into a hospital soldiers died under trees laden with fruit and under plants breathing perfumes the ships of war and merchant vessels lost their crews eight and forty passengers from bordeaux expired in disembarking at the cape terrified at the destruction some on nearing the island went on board vessels that were quitting its infected shores yet perished smitten by the poisoned air four thousand men who came in dutch vessels perished fear multiplied the victims when the malady was in all its force human passions manifested their guilty excesses virtue was disregarded when it no longer offered an earthly reward some sought distraction and relief to their wretchedness in gambling and in voluptuousness violence and adultery became common others endeavored to drown their torments in reckless intoxication others again attired in military costume which at such a moment was simply ridiculous threw insult at the disease and brave death either in satirical gaiety or in buffooneries or in roars of silly laughter the words ah the funny fellow became a derisive phrase to indicate a poor wretch that was trying to laugh or trick away his calamity others again deep sunk in guilt sought to deceive death in the arms of a mistress or in perfumed baths. While all around was perishing, songs were heard from the sea. They were the attempts of men who thus tried to cheat themselves into momentary joy. The nearer men were to eternity, the more greedy they were of the pleasures of earth. Pauline, the wife of Leclerc and the sister of the consul, did not renounce her voluptuous habits in the midst of so terrible a plague. In the hope of breathing a less infected air, she had gone to a country-house, on the declivity of a pleasant hill, which overhung the sea. Here she passed her hours in pleasure and luxury. She saw die around her officers whose incense she had welcomed, but for whose sufferings she showed no concern intent only on putting away all unpleasant objects, and seizing with avidity on sources of gratification. Now she caused herself, like a queen, to be born in a palanquin, through the most beautiful scenes of nature. There would she, for hours together, dwell in contemplating the ocean and its delightful shores, loaded with the luxuries of tropical vegetation— now she plunged into the depths of odoriferous forests and surrendered herself to the captivating reveries of love and now she sailed on the sea accompanied by courtiers musicians and buffoons as if she would sustain the character of venus rising from the waves what is still more remarkable is that she took pains to defy the malady by festivities in which she gathered around her dancing music pleasure and voluptuousness there she drew on herself, admiration by her wit, her graces, her beauty, and the ravishing tenderness of her looks. But around and in those festivities, death bore his funeral torches. The balls which she ceased not to give, took place on the brink of the grave. The dancers of to-night were dead on the morrow. But the more joyous did she affect to appear. These, she said, are our last moments— let us pass them in pleasure as the disorder raged in other places as well as in the cities of the cape and port-au-prince there died every day on land and on sea not less than from three to four hundred persons more and more irregular in its symptoms and its course the fever baffled and defied the skill of the physicians who died together with their patients The little attention which at first was paid to funeral rites became less and less, and soon was wholly discontinued. The dead bodies were put on the outside of the doors, and carried off by night. If anything could excite compassion, it was to see on some of those livid frames the scars of wounds received in the battles of Europe, where he had gained his fame who sent those warriors and heroes to die on a distant foreign and deadly shore as it was necessary to remove the dead as soon as they had breathed their last some were carried off while yet alive groans were heard in the heaps of abandoned corpses and from the putrid mass some rose and returned to take their place among the living as very many bodies were tossed into the sea the waves bore them up and down the harbor or left them on the shore painful mementos to spectators and food for birds and beasts of prey while they added to the foul infection with which the atmosphere was burdened during the prevalence of these accumulated disasters the black population proof against the pest remained faithful to the peace which had been forced on them and their venerated chief had they chosen to rise the whole expedition would have perished their virtue was more than abstinence from self avengement with characteristic hospitality they received sick persons into their homes and gave them unlooked-for aid. They did more. They gave them tears and sympathy, seeing in them not Frenchmen and assailants, but sufferers. There were other benefactors. Sisters of Charity, truly worthy of the name, went from street to street and from bed to bed, ministering with tenderness and skill to the sick, the despairing, and the departing womanly love was almost the only virtue that maintained itself erect when all other remedies had proved vain that noble affection showed itself fertile in resources nor was it the less respectable because in the extremity it resorted to fetish practices which had their origin in africa more simple and even more touching was that manifestation of it which compelled young women to follow their lovers to their graves amid the faithless only faithful found it is terrible to think that some of these worthy women may afterward have been repaid with slavery at length when the summer heats had reached their height the malady redoubled its fury and broke down alike benevolence and virtue then was the harvest of death according to authentic tables there died fifteen hundred officers twenty thousand soldiers nine thousand sailors and three thousand persons who loosely hung about the skirts of the army in quest of employment or fortune not fewer than fourteen generals lost their lives in the plague of that number was de Belle, whose virtues made him regretted alike by foes and friends Dugois, an intrepid and joyous old man whose hairs had grown gray on the borders of the nile hardy who had displayed rare courage in the victories and the reverses of the expedition almost incredible is it that there died seven hundred medical men worthy for the most of high praise such was their courage their patience their devotedness the malady changed the character of the army those who survived experiencing a long and difficult convalescence became habitually depressed morose or exasperated some had their memory weakened some remained broken down or crippled for life discipline was restored with difficulty even news from home brought little pleasure and gave only a transient relief and communications with france were intercepted in order so far as possible to conceal from the mother country the awful loss which she had endured such was the terrible punishment which fell on the predatory expedition sent by the corsican adventurer against the hero and patriot of san domingo and can there be a more decisive proof of anything than we have here of the honor of toussaint Louverture? the necessity of the french was his opportunity with what ease now might he have mustered those blacks which were in leclerc's way and extorted from his enfeebled hands the sovereignty of the island that toussaint remained quiet at inarray disproves the base insinuations Which were fabricated expressly for his ruin. End of book three, chapter one. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista.